All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast. I am your host, Nathan Holritz, and it is a privilege to have you here today. If you're watching on the live stream on youtube.com slash photogs edit or at facebook.com slash Boca Podcast, make sure to chime in with comments, say hello, ask questions, make comments, send funny emojis if you want to, because my guests today are none other than John and Erica Hayes. They're here with me, and I welcome you guys. Thank you for making time to hang out with me and everybody else. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us. We're really excited to be back on the podcast with you and spend some time talking about some of our favorite things. So this is great. Thanks for having us. Yes, well, thank yeah, you. And, and to that end, I mean, you, you mentioned being on the show before, so you are one of our relatively few return guests so, by the way, that means that you're really, really cool, just just so you know. <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, you came on the show back in, in episode 224, which, let me look here at my notes, I think is back, yeah, 2019, February of 2019. So it's been a couple of years, which is kind of crazy. Um, yeah. We, we're going to kind of continue the conversation around brand photography and more specifically how to plan and prepare for a successful brand photography shoot. We'll do that here in just a second, but I have to ask you guys something. And as I do this, I'm going to share my, uh, actually my browser here really quick if I can. Let's see if my software will allow me to do this. There we go. So for everybody that is listening to the audio version, I've, I've got John and Erica's Instagram account pulled up here. And if you, we'll link to this in the show notes, it's Erica and John, J-O-N, and we'll link to that in the show notes. But if I scroll down just a little bit, there's this this recent post. I'm not going to turn the sound on, but I have to at least click on it here. Oh, uh, no. This, this post from April 12th where you guys talked about how to prepare for a photo shoot. And uh, you've got, I guess it's Erica's hands in the background. John's talking. Yeah. Erica's feeding. It's You have to see it to really understand what's going on here. But it's absolutely hilarious and, and literally had me and Jill, who happens to be my girlfriend, but also runs our digital marketing, produces the show. We were laughing out loud watching this the other day. It's brilliant. So props to you guys for having some fun and doing something that's, well, it kind of breaks the mold of these Instagram reel videos a little bit as well. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you. That's uh, Erica's insight she we actually we watch a lot of america's funniest videos with our kids and okay. so got to give them props for the inspiration but we yeah. thought man we could make this really fun for talking about photography subjects uh, so that was installment one there might be more to come so yeah just yeah. a fun way to get people's attention to like learning things but just in a fun way and making it lighthearted. so yeah. <laughs> john's well, got some nice nails <laughs> <laughs> well it, it, it got us literally laughing out loud and of course myself and, and jill are both looking at instagram quite a bit for work and personal reasons and I have to say, and, and I know that you all have done these too, so maybe you could kind of share your thoughts on this, but I'm 41. And when I think about mm-hmm. doing Instagram posts, more specifically reels, and even following suit with what's super trendy at the moment, which is like the, the text on the screen and dancing and like pointing to the text and then pointing to the text that's over here. Honestly, the, the thought of that, I, I, I feel a bit foolish. Um, so I love that you guys were kind of breaking away from that mold. I know you do that stuff too, and, and it's great. And if it works for you, that's awesome. But I, I love that you were doing something a little bit different to kind of mix in. Like I, that, that style of video that I just pulled up resonated more with me because it actually had me laughing and it, it didn't look like you were trying too hard to just kind of follow whatever the trend was in the moment. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, like I said, we want, it's hard too, because there's two of us. So we try to incorporate each other, um, to, you know, to incorporate us together. And so it's like to do that is really tricky. So we're just, you know, playing around with ideas that, uh, kind of show our fun personality (laughs) and how we just don't take our work days too serious. So I'm glad I had you laughing and was entertaining. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to your, to your point, and we'll move on to this conversation around brand photography, but we should all just kind of relax a little bit and not take ourselves too seriously. Maybe I'm just talking to myself, yeah. but it was a good reminder for that too. For yeah. sure. Erica reminds me of that daily when she brings me her crazy ideas. So, you know, we'll just we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll keep rolling. I'm just like, assume this character role, like pretend like you're in a movie for a minute. It'll be fun. It'll be funny. This is how he is during a session with our clients anyways. But when you're doing it to perform for a camera, it's a little bit more like scary because you know, you're thinking about it. Um, or you're but- <laughs> not, because oftentimes people stop me that I know and I forget that they've seen these things. They're yeah. like, hey, great appearance in the bunny costume or, you know, great reel, loved, loved watching Erica's <laughs> arms behind you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot you, you see that, that stuff. That? <laughs> 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 All right. Well, again, kudos to you guys. And for everybody listening in who didn't actually get to see what we just pulled up uh, or hasn't actually seen that Instagram post, we'll, of course, link to y'all's account in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. Everybody listening in, make sure you go check it out. So I want to jump right into the conversation. And, and we're actually experimenting with a slightly different format. Normally, I, I open the episode with a few introductory questions, and then we get into the main topic. I think that's what we did last time you guys were on the show. We're experimenting yeah. with flipping that a little bit and just jumping right into the main topic. And we'll ask some kind of rapid-fire questions later on. But I want to get into this topic. We're going to talk specifically about how to plan and prepare for a brand photography shoot. And uh, maybe before we actually get into that, just to give some context, kind of set us up for the conversation, if you all would talk to me a little bit about ways that photographers might miss out if they don't effectively plan and prepare for a brand photography shoot. I mean, there may be a tendency for us to just kind of, you know, oh, I got a shoot coming up. I got to run and do that. What are the advantages here? Maybe the disadvantages of not. For sure. You know, one of the things we tell all of our brand clients is we are never going to just show up and shoot. Because truthfully, we believe you can effectively shoot for a brand if you just try and show up and shoot. There's so much that goes into it. There's so much that you have to understand about a brand to really effectively tell their story. And so honestly, what it comes down to is if you don't plan and prepare for a brand photo shoot, you're going to miss out pretty much across the board. Um, Brands have their own unique aesthetic. They have their own messaging that they want to communicate. And Oftentimes, as as business owners and photographers, we're thinking of our own ideal client. And we're thinking of how do we attract our own ideal client. And brand photography kind of takes that a step further because once you've attracted your ideal client as brand photographers, maybe it's that personal brand or the local business or whatever it is, we now have to step into their shoes and consider their ideal client. So we really have to take it a step further and think, okay, I've attracted my ideal client. I've got them now. But how do I tell their story? Because their story is different than mine. Um, and we learned this a really, really hard way on you know a, a very low pressure job. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> we were pretty early in our career, and somehow we were just blown away and blessed with an opportunity to work with the Chicago White Sox. Oh, and yeah. We worked with them uh, a handful of times, but I'll tell you, the first time it was, I'm just glad they called us back, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, we slightly missed the mark because, you know, you think, hey, we're photographers and we're getting hired for a shoot. Let's go do what we do. And that's exactly what we did. We went out for spring training, shot the Chicago White Sox and their apparel out here in Arizona. And, and it's probably important to note that 
at this time we were transitioning into the brand photography space yes. and we were coming from a wedding and lifestyle photography background. Right. Right. So we were used to wearing, you know, I would wear button down shirts and, and chinos and nice dress shoes and Erica would wear dresses and pantsuits and all sorts of cute things. <laughs> That's how we showed up to shoot a baseball team outside in the desert, like, <laughs> in the spring. like dressed for a wedding in the spring, which is already, you know, high 80s, low 90s oh, out yeah. here so, in Arizona. Yeah, we had already showed up missing the mark because we were like, oh, we were, it's like kind of going to a wedding. We're just going to shoot, you know, apparel and um, some baseball players. Um, so no big deal. We went and we did our thing and we um, took the photos just like we would for a bride and groom, just placing in baseball players. Um, and then we went home and did the same exact thing. We edited all the photos just like we would for a couple. Which uh, our style was more in the bright and airy type of style. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we edited their photos in an Arizona background for, for a baseball the team. Chicago White Sox. <laughs> but for the, yeah, it's like... Like not just for a baseball... Maybe that would work for, for the Diamondbacks, yeah. right? The Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> but for the Chicago White Sox, it yeah. was like... Uh, but we thought, hey, this is great. We deliver the photos and they start using the photos... But we realized every time they did, they heavily edited yeah. all of the photos that we had delivered. Interesting. And it clicked for us. We went, oh my goodness, we have missed the mark here. Mm-hmm. Hmm. This, the Chicago White Sox, they're on the south side of town. They're the yeah. Southsiders. They're city. They're, you know, they're the underdog. Um, yeah. they're, you know, their imagery, their brand aesthetic is heavy on shadows and, and contrast and blacks in the imagery. And we just delivered blown out... <laughs> Lightenary photos to them with a desert background. Like, I love it. <laughs> these things aren't working together. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So, so like, I mean, this this ahead. whole process is. I mean, it's obviously multi layered. So is wedding photography and, and other types of portrait photography. But one of the the things that you just mentioned that I hadn't really thought about is you're not just thinking about your your brand client as the client, but you also mm-hmm. have to take it a step further and think about their end client, who they're going to be showing these images to and how that person thinks and what they're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. You know, thankfully in that situation, we were given the opportunity to work with the White Sox again. And with this newfound reality, we shot for their brand, not just... And for their fans, because it's like the fans want to see the apparel that's coming out for the new season, but they want to see it for who they're fans of. Like they want to see it for the Chicago White Sox and they want to picture it at their baseball field right. in their town, not in Arizona, like bright and white and happy and cheery. So um, there's a huge importance in understanding who the images are mm. being targeted at. Yeah, absolutely. Because it has to resonate with that audience. And so that's how we shot the second time. We shot, you know, uh, we were careful not to shoot too bright. We shot in a little bit more darker backgrounds than we would mm-hmm. maybe normally choose for our own imagery. We edited, skewed a little bit more heavily towards darks and shadows. And all of a sudden, our images were untouched when they were used. We're like, <laughs> okay, there's something to this because now yeah. these images are resonating with their audience, mm-hmm. uh, which is really, really key, just like you said. Well, okay. So what I'm excited about with this conversation, one of the things I'm excited about is how practical and actionable this is going to be. Because just to kind of break the fourth wall a little bit, you all sent me many talking points actually ahead of our conversation that we're going to delve into right now. We're going to break this up into a couple of different sections. I've got notes in front of me here. I'm also going to be taking notes. You'll probably see me look down at my notebook occasionally. But let's start with the preparation portion of this. What are five things that a photographer needs to understand via research, via conversation with the end client about the brand that they're about to photograph prior to the shoot? 
Yeah, absolutely. So really, we, we wrap up the planning piece in and preparation piece with a quote that we love, which is uh, failing to plan is planning to fail. And so this is part of it is understanding yep. your client, preparing by interviewing them and getting really a good grasp on the brand and who they are. And one of those first things is what are their imagery preferences? Like what is their imagery style? What types of images define their brand? I think when we think about brands that we like or brands that we shop on a regular basis, we can usually identify a product or service um, and, and tie it to that brand just by seeing an image because they've refined their brand to promote a certain imagery style that people connect with their brand name. Mm-hmm. And so understanding those imagery preferences and being willing as a photographer to sacrifice your own imagery yeah. preferences yeah. for theirs in order to serve them well sure. is really a key point. Yeah, I think that's the first one is the brand imagery style, something that you have to understand. Uh, The second one would be their brand message. Um, And the first example of that coming to mind is just a recent client of ours who's a lawyer, and she's trying hard to break the the mold of what a lawyer behind a deep mahogany desk looks like with an office stacked with books and shelves. And she's (laughs) like, I want bright colors. I want this to be fun and like an exciting brand that somebody can look at me as a friend Mm -hmm. who's their lawyer. So and, and she identified, and I think very, she was very observant in identifying. She's like, lawyers, we have a PR problem. Yeah. People think that we're intimidating and unapproachable, mm-hmm. and you only call a lawyer when something's bad. She's like, I want to turn that upside down and on its head. Yeah. So secondly would be understanding a brand's message for sure, because yeah. even if they're in the same field, person to person, it's different in what they're trying to do with their own personal brand. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, another thing to consider when you're preparing is who is their ideal client. And, you know, yes, we, we think of this with their imagery style and their message, but really like who's the person that's going to be buying this product or service from this brand? What do they like? Sometimes when we even counsel brands through the process of discovering how they want to style their imagery for the shoot, they have a certain idea in their head. And we, throughout the conversation, realize this isn't necessarily speaking to the ideal client you told right. me that you have. Mm. So how can we tweak these things to make sure that it's speaking to whatever demographic you're trying to reach? Um, and, and that's really key because if, if I'm shooting, um, I don't know, just a clothing brand with bright, vivid backgrounds and really fun lighting situations with hard shadows and things like that that might trend younger but my, their ideal client is the 40 to 50 year old stay at home mom, we're going to have a disconnect there. Like yeah. these two things are not speaking to each other. Absolutely. So understanding their ideal client is huge. Yep. Uh, the fourth one would just be understanding the scope and scale of their project. Yeah. Um, and John can explain this one a little bit better, but just getting the time to get on the phone with a client and fully understand the need for the photo shoot and what they need to do with the end result is just a key because that that really like determines and dictates what we do in the um, planning process. Sure. For sure. There's, there's a huge difference between, well, I always explain it this way. Uh, we could take the same product. Let's say it's a shoe. Let's say we're shooting a product for a shoe company. We could shoot that product for social media content and get a bunch of influencers lined up. We could shoot in natural light outside and all sorts of fun backgrounds and and different locations. And we could just go for a content creation shoot all day. Mm -hmm. And we could produce a huge content library of quality images, but the production level is going to be a little bit lower. Or I can shoot that shoe for, let's say it's Nike, 
And this image is going to go on, um, you know, store signs in all of their locations around the world. It's going to be featured in the shoe drop. You know, maybe it's even on the box. That shoe picture has to be perfect. And that shoot might look like a team of 10 different people in the production team in a studio taking photos all day to produce one great image. And so really understanding, like even sometimes it comes down to what's the price point of the product or service? Mm -hmm. Um, What's the scale of the marketing campaign? And that's going to determine the scope and scale of how we shoot it from a production standpoint. Um, So, you know, that factors hugely into the type of shoot. Um, because those days look completely different. A content brand shoot and a studio shoot for a perfect final photo look completely different. Yeah. And then I think that plays right into the fifth thing that we would just say is one of the most important things, which is understanding the platforms and different mediums that the client is going to use the photos for. So it's like out of that shoot, whatever it is, low scale, super high scale, what are they going to do with the final photos? You know, it could just be using them on social media, incorporating them in blog posts or website, or it could be running, you know, bigger print ad campaigns. Sure. Yeah. And I think one of the worst feelings our customers could have would be to invest in a brand photo shoot, get all of these beautiful images. Let's say they're putting together a brand new website, get all these beautiful images and start trying to plug these images into their website and realize, shoot, these are great, but none of them fit. They're all cropped in really tight and I need a banner image for the top of my website. I need something pulled back and wide that maybe as a photographer is less inspiring to capture because I'm not getting like that nice close in crop that makes me feel all the things. But from a practicality standpoint, my client needs that image mm-hmm. so that they have something to fill that wide aspect ratio on their website. Um, or if it's for social media advertisements and they need negative space above them or to the side to promote um, a particular course or product or service, we need to give them that space. Sure. Um, so understanding what platforms and mediums they're going to use those images on is huge to serving them well. And yeah. you're not going to find that out unless you have that conversation. There's no way of knowing <laughs> unless you ask, what are your intentions for the images? Mm-hmm. Like, are, you, are these for digital use? If so, on what platforms? Yeah, are you going to yeah. do a print campaign? If so, where are you printing the images? So it's super important to find out. Now, these things, uh, first of all, y'all are brilliant communicators. The way that you're presenting this, very easy to understand, very very easy to follow. So so kudos to you for that. But as I'm, as I'm, and I'm literally taking notes, like frantically writing things down here, what these things in some way seem like they, they should be a given. Like it should be obvious that, that these questions are asked and these things are understood prior to a shoot. Is this conversation directed more toward photographers getting into this genre or do you see this happening where photographers in the genre go into the shoots unprepared regularly? Um, I think that this is more geared towards people getting into the genre and especially trans transferring, transferring, transitioning. (laughs) Thank you. Words are tough. (laughs) Transitioning into this space from a wedding or lifestyle background where, um, the the value of the images is based on the emotion that mm-hmm. the images provoke. Okay. Not so much on a tangible purpose that is to sell and promote and increase revenue and brand awareness for a brand. Uh, two completely different ways about going around yeah. using the same tool, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's something that probably should be a given. Um, oftentimes when we work with larger marketing agencies, yeah. they'll come to us and give us a, a full creative right. brief and they'll have the answers to this question. Sure. Um, but consider even the small business owner who knows that in order to be relevant in today's day and age, they need to have content. They need to be online. Um, they're not going to be thinking this way, sure. especially yeah. if it's their first time. 
and they're they're just like, hey, I, I hired a social media person. They told me I need some images. Uh, let's, you guys are great. Let's let's shoot. They're not thinking through all this stuff. So mm-hmm. think of the value. I, I would encourage a photographer as well who's in this space and maybe doesn't ask these questions. Consider the the value you're going to be able to bring your client by asking these questions for them and diving into these things and maybe th- making them think about things they haven't thought about yet. So true. You're yeah. instantly going to build value with them and they're going to look at you as an authority. And, and they're going to be like, wow. Like, Thank you. Yeah. I never thought of that. We get that all the time. It's like, oh my gosh, I never even thought like I need a banner space with negative yes. space to the side for my logo. And it's like, yeah, you, you, it's, it's easy to not think about that. You're just like, yeah, I need photos. So it's, it's such a, a great point, actually. Win. And I, this relates very much to experience that I've had even in, in recent month or two working with uh, a development company and the contrast of the experience working with this particular company where I've had to do a lot of kind of handholding and guiding. And, and I feel like a lot of times kind of doing the job I would expect a really good development company to do. I'm kind of overseeing and project managing in a way. And I, I think about that in contrast to an experience that I had interviewing a different company a little while back, where be- before we ever even hired them, paid them any money, anything, the, the number of questions that they asked us immediately for the sake of context, the kind of questions that you're talking about here, but of course, more related to development, it, it was just kind of like this eye-opening light bulb moment that, oh my goodness, this is what it actually feels like to work with a company that knows what's going on here, that's very much in tune with what this process should look like. And ultimately, our experience with them is going to be just light years better because they knew going into the project what it was that we were looking for. It's funny how just mm-hmm. conversation and asking questions like this that would seem maybe in some cases obvious can make all the difference in the world. And I love that you're highlighting them. And and to your point as well, it is a pretty big shift from wedding photography to brand photography. Um, it, even even this conversation, I smiled when you were talking about the importance of under or, or putting emphasis on the other person or the brand style versus your own. Wedding photographers are all about their own style, their, their Lightroom mm-hmm. preset and the way that they shoot and so forth. This is about the brand. This is about mm-hmm. highlighting the brand. And it really is important that we're, we kind of set aside our ego and our preferences for the sake of the brand. That's an important thing to note. So, yeah, massive mind shift. And I have to, yeah. to bring up here, Katie is, is listening in or watching, actually. Katie, thanks for watching on Facebook. She says, loving the content today. Great points. And I would agree, Katie. This has been really, really good stuff. So let's keep going. I want to get what we'll start with. We started with the preparation piece uh, or excuse me, the the yeah, the preparation piece. But just to jump into the planning portion of this. So we've we've collected the information, as you highlighted. What do we need to do now before we actually go to the shoot to prepare for that session? Yeah, absolutely. So now that we really understand the context of what the shoot needs to look like, what the goals are, mm-hmm. understand their brand. One of the things we like to say is we like to get to a point where we understand their brand as if it's our own, like right. that we could communicate communicate their brand position as if it were our own. Um, so once we get that squared away, it, it comes down to planning logistics. And this is really a, a ton of fun for us when we get to work with our clients to nail down these different points because this is where all the creative stuff just starts to flow. And especially if you really have a great grasp on their brand, it starts to flow really easily. And I think one of the most um, enjoyable parts of that process for us is that because no two brands are the same, these planning pieces 
are never the same either. Like very rarely are we shooting in the same places, doing the same things because the brands need to communicate something different. And and so those types of planning pieces, first and foremost, would be uh, locations. We always and, try and, and get actually, locations John, before you keep going, yeah. if you don't mind, I, I, you said something that was really interesting to me. You're, you said like within 10 seconds of each other, the words logistics and creativity. And, and I wonder if you can just comment before you get into these, these various points, how those two concepts can coexist. Because I think a lot of times the assumption might be, if I'm focusing on logistics, if I'm focusing on the, the planning of the details, which I think a lot of creatives don't lean toward, that that's going to interfere with the creative aspect of it. How do they coincide? Ultimately, I would say this. The logistics side of the planning it's fun because we get to creatively start envisioning in our minds how the shoot's going to look, but the actual connecting of the dots isn't, it's not the most sexy thing in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Coordinating locations, getting permissions, working through this list that we're about ready to talk about. It's not necessarily the most creatively inspiring process, Mm -hmm. but once it's complete, you want to talk about unlocking creative potential. Mm -hmm. When you have a plan in front of you, Start to finish, you know that every I is dotted, every T is crossed, and you know exactly what you need to capture for your client. It unlocks creative potential like you'd never believe because you're not thinking about all those things while you're on the shoot. You're executing on the plan that was put in place. And so now I get to execute and have creative fun with their vision without second guessing, without wondering, without asking questions. Mm -hmm. We just get to go. It's go time. And that's when the creative juices really are unlocked and able to flow. Well, and I think a big piece of that too is without any of that, there's no creativity to be had because you have a client or maybe two, depending on how many, you know, represent the brand in an empty space, nowhere to go, like no outfits to change into, no props to like swap in and swap out. So if you don't have that, then you're left just being like, "Um, I don't know what to do with you. (laughs) So you really have to have it all. And we've been there and it's miserable and it's anything but creative. It's absolutely, and you walk away from the shoot going, that was the same. (laughs) I never want to do that again. Yeah. That wasn't fun. Yeah. Well, I think about the stress that comes with, I mean, really any situation. It could be our photography careers. It could be some element of our personal life. Uh, I, I, within the last year, have gotten into day trading in the marketplace. Any of those scenarios, if you don't go in with a strategy, with a plan, your, your, your I guess, nervousness, your anxiety levels are already up this, this much mm-hmm. because you're like, you, you don't know what's coming next. If you go in with a plan, and ideally maybe even a plan B, just in case something goes a different direction... Now you can relax in that, and to you, to you all's, both of your points, you can focus on the creative process, which I think is just it's a great reminder for all of us because, again, creatives don't tend to lean toward the logistical side, the workflow side, the details. I mean, I'm, details, I'm not a great person with details. I'll, I'll be the first to admit. But if we actually take the time to invest in that, that part of it, it frees us up to be the creative. So I, I love that you highlight that, but let me just let you take this away. I know you've got a lot of points to share here about the planning process. Yeah, no, that's great. So yeah, the first thing we want to plan out is locations. Mm -hmm. Locations we choose uh, 100% around the brand and all of those preparation items we've already covered. So for the lawyer client Erica referenced earlier that wanted to be shot in bright spaces with bold colors, we weren't going to pick a monochromatic palette, um, you know, Airbnb type place to shoot her in. That just (laughs) wouldn't accomplish the vision. So we're, we're looking for locations that have those bold colors that have those loud attention grabbing types of aesthetic. 
Um, and so nailing down the locations is, is first and foremost one of the it's it's the top thing we try and get squared yeah. away first because so much of the rest of the planning pieces revolve around um, what type of location we can lock in availability all of those things yeah. um, and based on that then we start to lock in the timeline yeah well and to John what John just said about locations because we get asked this all the time DMs weekly where do you guys find these places easy. It's Airbnb. And I know all the different areas are different. So your area might be different than ours is out here, but that is our go-to for finding just unique homes that might fit the theme or the you know aesthetic of our clients. So um, there's really nothing tricky to it. It's just searching and trying to find the absolute best places that you can. There you go. You found our client. <laughs> I was going to say to that end, I'm, I'm looking at your Instagram feed and for everybody listening in, if, if you don't, if you're not getting to watch the live stream currently, if you go to Instagram.com slash Erica and John, you can see this, but this is April 9th post. And this is, I'm assuming this is the client that, that we were talking yep. about who was going for that mm-hmm. bright and cheery. And by the way, major props to her too for actually thinking outside the box, wanting to break mm-hmm. out of, again, the stereotype for that particular profession. And you guys rocked it with a, a location like this. This is so cool. Yeah, bright, yeah. bright colors. Oh, I love it. Yeah, break the stereotypes all day long. That's, that's brilliant. Yep. So once we have that, um, as far as locations go, then it makes it really easy to next focus on preparing with timelines. Um, because again, you know, our shoots can typically be half day to full day shoots and without a timeline of just really like piecing out where we're going to be at what times working through what different themes and concepts. Yeah. We could we could just sit in a single place all day and just lose track of time. That's what I was saying. Let's be honest. As creatives, we get in a space like even that one you just you just uh, showed on the screen, and it's like I just lost track of time because I'm having so much fun in this place. Yeah. And if I didn't have a timeline to stick to, uh, I would stay here all day. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but again, that comes back to serving the client too. You know, something unique. Uh, this is just bonus. We didn't even plan to talk about this, but. Brands can't use 150 images. That client couldn't use 150 images of her standing in that one spot. She can use a couple. After that, she needs to move on to the next idea. Mm -hmm. So again, another way in in, in the way brand photography differs from maybe wedding and lifestyle photography is we're moving through ideas and concepts and Mm. scenes and locations very quickly because they need variety. Although I would have to argue, having been a wedding photographer myself and seeing the way that the wedding industry has run for about 20 years now, I I think plenty of wedding photographers could stand to cut back on the number of images they're providing (laughs) per scene as well. They're making more work for themselves. And, And I think about how, like even when I got married many years ago, I think I, I, the final number of images that I got in my proofs was something like maybe 400, if, if that. Mm-hmm. And that was, that, that was a very large number to actually go through and look at individually detailed. Now photographers are delivering regularly, you know, thousand images or maybe even more than that. And the idea of having to go through that many images, I don't know. It seems like in some ways it, it's taking away from the opportunity for the photographer to, to highlight the quality of their work potentially even sell more on the back end as well when they're giving them 100 options instead of 10 really, really great ones. So I had to throw that out there yeah. because it's, it's a funny yeah. point of conversation. But uh, that's, that's also something really great to keep in mind, especially if photographers listening in, they're thinking about moving into the space and how they need to change their mindset, their frame of mind going into the shoot. It's definitely less is more in this case. Absolutely. Yeah, less is more. And also it's it's not as a fluid thing around a wedding day. It's okay, now look and look down and laugh this way and yeah. look at each other. 
it's like an objective it's like experience. smile at my camera look to the side now laugh at john because he's dancing and then i want you just to look down at your phone done let's move on like it's okay. just very like more um what's the word that it's we strategic say? Like, and objective yes it's, it's not romantic there's not emotion yeah. there unless we need to pull emotion for some brands yeah but it's it's very objective mm-hmm. yeah so well, I, I think it, i think it, a lot of photographers do I, I, and again i'll kind of tie this to wedding photography for a second because i think there's a lesson for everybody here to, to learn which is if, if we stand back and wait for the person to create the image that we're hoping for, we may either waste a lot of time. We may not ever get that image that we were hoping for. Why not give more specific instructions? Why not be more intentional in the way that the session is approached as far as the, the photographs for that particular scene are concerned? I think that kind of makes more sense. I think we could all stand to do a little bit more of that, but it, it certainly makes sense in this yeah. context. Right. Yeah, for sure. No, I love that. Um, so locations, timeline, the next thing we want to nail down is shot list. And this I think is this ties right into what we've been saying as far as like once you have the shot, you have to move on. And he yeah. has to keep me on this because coming from a lifestyle background, um, and I know I kind of just took over this point, but it just makes me think like I couldn't wait to get outside with a family because I just yeah. wanted to get the little kids and I just wanted to shoot and watch what they were doing and yeah. pick up on this detail and zoom into this and you can deliver 25 images of a kid literally just sitting on a rock and it Mm. took no time at all. Um, But for us, we have a timeline to stick to because we have to transition to locations or we have to switch wardrobe to add in the variety and make sure we're not delivering just a gallery of the same exact feel. And so we have a shot list that it's like, and this look at the desk, once she's at the camera and we've pulled back and now we have negative space and maybe she's laughing for just a fun picture showing her personality, then we move on. And it just really allows us to make sure we provide all the content that the client needs and they're not left going like, dang, you know, we missed out on this or missed out on that. So it's a huge piece to our our photo shoot days. And are you having a conversation? Speaking of conversations, do you have a conversation ahead of time where you're developing a shot list with the client? Are you coming up with those shot lists based on your experience? What does that look like? So in our uh, particular process, we actually uh, we consult with our brands during the planning and preparation process. We we have uh, an exploratory consultation, which is where we cover all of the preparation items we talked about a little bit ago. And then when it comes to these planning items we're talking about right now, we actually bring all those together in our photo shoot planning template, which will ultimately turn into a visual representation, a visual guide for our okay. clients okay. so that they can see you know, hey, here's here's all of the things we talked about shown to me in a visual format where I can give Eric and John some feedback, say, mm-hmm. yeah, you guys nailed it. You're right on. You're interpreting what I'm communicating and this is totally aligned. Or, hey, maybe we need to tweak a couple things, mm-hmm. right? And, and then the other things that allows us to do is it helps remove the stress from the session for our clients because we include um, our, our prop checklists and things like that in so that they're feeling prepared the day uh, before their shoot. Mm-hmm. And then on the day of the shoot, again, going back to the logistics and creative and the same conversation, now that all the logistics are planned, we have the roadmap in our hands. Uh, we just execute. And yeah. so uh, that's that's how we bring it all together and our client gives some some feedback in the process as well. Okay, okay. Very good. Okay, yeah. so we started with location. I'm, I'm looking down here because I've got notes. I'll bring it up here. I have to think about the fact that I'm on camera now because uh, we the podcast <laughs> we did audio for so long. I have to remember everybody's watching. Okay, so location number one, timelines number two, shot lists. Uh, what's the next step? Uh, composition notes are huge, and so th- this <laughs> this is kind of a tag on to our shot list. But okay. again, we talked earlier about where are these photos going to be used. I need to remember in certain locations, in a certain outfit, with a certain scene, this is the one that the client called out. 
I really want this for the banner image for my website, or I really want this for a launch image for whatever product or service that's, I like uh, that. I'm launching. Yeah. yeah. And it, this, this piece also allows you to be the hero, not for your client, but for their website designer. I can't tell you how many times like we've spoken to our clients' website designers and they're like, thank you. Like you got the photo I needed. Because again, you know, you're working with such intentional needs for photos and if a website designer can't fill it with the photos that they need, then they're left feeling like, dang, like I kind of need you to do another shoot. Sure. Um, so it really provides you just the opportunity to also just network with different website designers yep. who yep. that's happened with us that now we've photographed one client and she sent us a couple more because it's just she sees that we're able to get exactly what she needs to also do her job. Um, so those composition notes just like, they they help us when when we deliver the photos for sure. I love yeah. that. It's almost like a, like a framework, right? You have you have mm-hmm. this this particular I guess set of concepts that you're working toward, and the shot list fits within that framework. Uh, that's that's really interesting. Okay, so composition notes. What's number five? Um, so number five, photo inspiration. Yeah. And this is probably one of the most fun to pull yeah. because now we know where we're shooting. We know the concepts we're going to be shooting. We developed our shot list. Now we get to pull some photo inspiration again to serve as a visual representation for our client. Hey, this is how we've interpreted your brand, your brand message, the things you want to communicate. This is some of the creative that we're pulling from. What do you think? And this is what really gets us excited about the mm-hmm. shoot because you know now we're starting to go, okay, great. I can really see... Um, how I can help represent this brand in this space or this particular setting. Yeah, it's like all of these things we've talked about are now going to come together and look like this. Is this, the, is this the vision you had when you first called us? Yeah, you know, just last weekend, actually, we were in Santa Barbara photographing our friends and photographers. A lot of people uh, probably recognize them, James and Jess. Yeah, uh, Great people. So They're going to be on they the show here to... pretty soon, actually. Oh, oh awesome. That's, awesome. That's yeah. great, yeah. <laughs> They they wanted some photos on a sailboat, which was an amazing experience. Okay. But when I was pulling photo inspo, I'm like, wow, there's really nothing out there except for engagement photos on mm-hmm. a sailboat. Interesting. But it was still practical and good photo inspiration because although we weren't necessarily trying to communicate um, uh, uh, engagement photos or like uh, love and romance in the photos – we were trying to portray their brand, we were still able to pull different perspectives of shooting on a boat, different ways we could position them, different areas we could shoot in lanes down that boat so that we could pull this great imagery together for their brand. So the photo inspiration really helps and is, is a fun part. Yeah, and I think I would add to that to anyone who's listening and you feel nervous to be like, well, me asking that question is kind of going to make it seem like I'm not a professional or I don't know what I'm doing. But it honestly does the exact opposite because everybody has a social media and they have that little icon where they can save a photo. And if they save a photo, it's because something about it inspired them. Hmm. And so for you to ask your client like, hey, what kind of accounts or what type of photos are like are inspiring to you and that you yeah. want your brand to kind of, you know, take that same look and feel, Mm -hmm. they're going to be happy to show you that because ultimately they're trying to develop something for their own brand and any saved photo or like Pinterest board they put together, they're going to be like, yes, now's my time to like actually have myself in these types of photos. And you don't look, you know, it doesn't make you look like you're unsure of what you're doing. It just helps you serve that client so much better. Attention to detail. Yeah. I mean, I, Mm -hmm. I think it's great. It speaks very highly of the experience, ultimately what, what your brand is looking to do, the experience they're trying to create for the client. I, I pulled this shot up from, I, I guess, the session that you guys <laughs> shot on the, on the sailboat with James yeah. and Jess. How much fun is that? Had you been on a sailboat before? 
<laughs> no, no, never before. Um, and I think our stories that highlighted our Santa Barbara trip really proved the point that we oh, really? had never been on a sailboat yeah. before. We okay. both took a little bit of time to get our sea legs. So it was, ah. it was a fun experience. Yeah. You didn't get was... seasick while you were out there, did you? No, no not, seasickness. Not quite. Okay. <laughs> Might have had a few bumps and bruises. Might have fallen over once or twice. Oh, no. But no seasickness. Like, you should never wear a dress to photograph on a sailboat. I'm just envisioning just, like, sail, you know, being out there just standing still and, like, shooting. No. I was in a squat position. I was, like, hanging on for dear life. Yeah. Um, but it, it was a ton of fun. And um, it took us just a little bit to set into it. You know, just okay. being, going up and down, moving with the boat, like, that really changes your stability when you're shooting and so it took us about 10 minutes and just kind of in her head questioning um was my, this a good decision yeah, i'm not like, sure if this was a good decision okay maybe this will come together maybe it <laughs> yeah. won't that's okay like we have all day tomorrow okay <laughs> but it was it was a lot of fun i was gonna say i'm sure you got some beautiful images out of it maybe we yes. get a sneak peek at some point um, okay, sure. so I again, just kind of going back through this list, we got location, timeline, shot list, composition notes, photo inspiration. What's the next one? Um, the next two, I think, are, are pretty straightforward and, and um, they're to the point. But props, mm-hmm. propping, planning propping in advance is huge. We want propping that's going to communicate our clients' brand message, reinforce the things that they're trying to communicate to their ideal client. Mm-hmm. And so... I mean, we've got a prop shelf right here. You can see uh, just a little bit of uh, a corner of our prop shelf just loaded with different items. Um, But we encourage our clients, you know, to bring specific props as well. And and we call this out in advance because, again, we want to remove as much stress from this process as possible. And, you know, there's uh, people are making a significant investment. These are important images for their brand. It's what's going to represent them, hopefully bring, you know, their brand to the next level. They're already enough for them to stress about. Um, So we want to remove as many of those, um, you know, plans and uh, stress points as possible. Absolutely. So we'll plan out all the props, make a nice prop list for them that they can use as a checklist. And then we also end up having plenty to work with yeah. on the day of the shoot. Cause we've run into that too. When we don't plan for props, oftentimes people aren't sure what to bring. They bring a laptop and a cell phone and we go, all right, <laughs> I guess we've got a laptop and a cell phone. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, ha- having some variety is really helpful. Yep. And then the second one, like John said, very straightforward is just hair and makeup. Um, but working that into a timeline, just like you would for a wedding day, you have to allow your clients that time to, um, have their makeup done if if they're wanting it done professionally for their photos and then also, um, getting their hair done in amount of time so that it all lines up for the start time when we begin the session. And and we often really strongly encourage our clients to have hair and makeup done for these types of shoots. Mm -hmm. You know, a professional makeup artist is going to know what photographs well, um, which typically that space is a little more than the everyday, but not over the top, you know, not too much. Um, so you know, that's, that makes a key difference in the photos. And honestly, I think our client's confidence level as Mm -hmm. well. Uh, if they've, if they've had some time to feel, you know, like they've gotten ready and they've had a professional's attention and, and all of these things and all the encouragement that morning, mm-hmm. uh, they're coming into the shoot feeling great and confident and they're best and ready to go. And that definitely translates on camera. Yes. And finally, you know, the last preparation or planning piece, and, and this is, <laughs> this is just heartfelt from us because we, for so long, just drove ourselves into the ground. And we'd be like, okay, our client has four hours. They've got a half day shoot. That's what they've got budget for. We're going to give them every minute of that four hours. We're going to shoot every second. It's like, hold your breath and go. Yeah. (laughs) And and by the end of it, 
we would be less creative. Uh, we would be slowing down because we hadn't taken five minutes just to grab a protein bar or a handful of almonds or something to keep yeah. ourselves going. By the and way, so good it, job with the healthy food choices there, John. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So, so we, we always like to schedule, especially if it shoots any more than like a, a few hours, you know, yeah. two to three hours, <laughs> we schedule in um, at least a half hour break into the day. And again, it's one of those things, if, if you fail to plan, you mm-hmm. or if you yeah fail if you fail. failure to plan is planning to fail <laughs> so if you fail to plan that break into the timeline it's not going to happen you're going to sure. shoot right through it yep. you're going to be overextended and expended less creative and everybody feels it including including your subject they start to wane you know their expressions are less natural and authentic so it's good for everybody yeah and they they truly do just need a minute to like grab a drink or just breathe just like take in okay we just went through all those concepts okay, that was great. This is okay. And like then that can prep them for like the next segment that we're going to move into without just like feeling so rushed and uptight and, you know, feeling like it has to get done and we're out of time. So it, it makes it more smooth for everybody. No, I, that's great. And it's funny that you're saying this because I was thinking just a few minutes ago as, as you were talking, I'm like, man, I hate that today as you guys got in, we were dealing with some technical stuff and then we had to jump right in the conversation. I hate that it was rushed. And I was thinking maybe I need to, to cut that back, maybe give... Um, my guess, 15 minutes instead of the 10 minutes. Because you're right, when things are rushed, that can create a certain atmosphere that can maybe affect the interaction and in the context of clients, certainly, their experience with our brands. And that's the last thing that we want. It's also good to take little breaks here and there just so that we can maintain, ultimately keep consistent that, that level of energy that we bring to the interaction with the client because we know how much that can impact the experience. So that's a, that's a great reminder. I think it's a balanced reminder too. Our culture's gotten a little bit obsessed with this, this notion of self-care. And while it carries great significance, obviously, I think maybe in some cases we've gone to the extreme with it. Uh, but I think what you're suggesting is actually a wonderful balance. We, we need to go in and, and certainly plan for what is going to be potentially a bit of a tiring session. But if we break it up a little bit, it'll be a better experience for everybody and ultimately mean a much better finished product as well. So I, that's, that's a really good reminder. Yeah. Now, we've, I mean, you guys are super generous sharing all those points, but we've kind of only scratched the surface of what it means to become a brand photographer, maybe even some of this planning and preparation process. Um, I, will you just share with our listeners how they can learn a little bit more about this process? I know that you guys are teaching a course around the topic. Yeah, absolutely. We actually, this is such a passion for us because this really is the, these are the principles that took us a long time to come to and learn and understand when we made that transition from wedding and lifestyle photography into working with brands. Um, Although we use a camera and that was the similarity, that's the common point, really (laughs) the approach, the planning parts, you know, the preparation (laughs) and the in-person styling the day of the shoot they couldn't be much more different uh, between wedding and lifestyle and working with brands. So we do, we have, uh, we have a course all about this called the planning and styling course. And we cover um, all of this in even more detail. We give practical examples. Um, we, we cover things like the perspective shifts uh, photographers need to make when they start working with brands. We talk about how to understand um, a brand client, how to get to the core of who, what their imagery style is like, what their brand message is, who their ideal client is. And we talk about how to take all that, that understanding and implement that into your planning and preparation so that you're sure that the images are going to speak volumes for their brand. I, I think the most fun part about the course and the part we've gotten the most feedback on is actually the styling portion as well. We talk specifically on how to style different styling principles and we get specific with 
food-based brands, product-based brands, personal brands. We break that down and we have a really fun module of, um, it's kind of like being a fly on the wall with (laughs) us with three different real brands that we're shooting for. And we talk through all the course principles um, in those behind the scenes oh, uh, nice. shoots, some of them are like over an hour long. It's yeah. great, um, and it's been really helpful. I think for- though, to actually see the like the mm-hmm. principles applied along or during the shoot itself, that's that's extremely valuable. That's great. Yeah, and I think the feedback on that has been for people to see. You know, it's we're we're able to talk through these things in person. It's more production oriented. Yeah. Again, it's not we're not whispering to each other in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk these things through and talk them through with our client there because we all have a common goal. We want their brand to succeed. Um, so yeah, if if Boca Podcasts our uh, listeners are interested in the planning and styling course, we'd actually love to um, you know make it available to Boca Podcast listeners for thirty percent off. Um, they can find that at ericaandjohn.com forward slash Boca Podcast, and yeah. we'll have that available there. And, and we're going to link to that in the show notes. I actually pulled the page up here and scrolling down. I mean, there's just so much content. You guys have done just a beautiful job, not only communicating today, these principles, so easy to follow, but ultimately have prepped quite a bit of information here for our listeners and for the photography industry at large. So I, I think it's wonderful. And certainly we'll make sure to, to link to that in the show notes for everybody listening in, bocapodcast.com. You can go to ericaandjohn.com slash bocapodcast, though. Uh, and for everybody yeah. listening, make sure you do that, too. All right. So before we finish up here, I've got a few rapid fire questions for you guys. Um, this is going to be kind of fun. You've got like 20 seconds. I'm going to be a stickler for this. All right. Uh, all right. All right. Okay. So here we go. Let's start, first of all, with one that's super popular here on the show. What is your business's brand position or the unique value proposition your business offers to your marketplace? Yeah, absolutely. So our, our brand position, we partner with commercial and personal brands to plan, style, and intentionally create compelling imagery. And the result is professional photography that promotes people, products, and personalities for impactful marketing that stands out. Wow. Okay, so you fit a lot in there. <laughs> but I, I actually yes. I want to jump to the to the homepage of your website here too. And, and forgive me for those of you who are watching, I accidentally clicked on the wrong screen. We're going to actually jump here to the uh, to the website. So right at the top ab- above the fold, stop the website. Welcome. We're J- Erica and John brand photographers, creative planners and stylists and educators. So you, you managed to, I think kind of sum up everything that you just said, John, into just a few words, which I think is great for a brand position statement. The creative planners and stylists position statement there, or that element of it, it's really interesting to me. I mean, obviously that's what you're doing. That's what you're talking about today, but do you, what kind of response do you get to that statement? Because I, I, I wonder, like, if I'm trying to position myself as a photographer, but then also adding the, the, the planning and preparation element to it, I, I don't know if that would create confusion for my clients. Maybe it makes more sense in the context of brand photography. Will you comment on that a little bit? I think in the context of brand photography, yeah, it's what people are looking for. Okay. Um, so we've been able to really serve a unique niche between um, you know, maybe large corporations that hire a marketing agency and, and have hundreds of thousands of dollars of spend on a marketing campaign. That ad agency is going to do all of the creative direction, creative planning, uh, you know, talent acquisition, location sourcing, all of yep. the things. Yep. They're going to hire a photographer and that photographer shows up and executes on the vision. Yeah. But, you know, with with digital marketing becoming what it has and really leveling the playing field to where now it's not just Coca-Cola taking out billboard space in uh, Times Square to advertise. A mom and pop store can advertise online and get great ROI, but they just need content. Again, like we talked about earlier, they know they need content, but they don't know how to get it. Mm -hmm. And so we're able to fill that void and that niche of the big marketing agency on a smaller scale for those clients. I I love it. And truly, as you're talking, I'm, I'm 
thinking about just how inspired I am and challenged ultimately to up my game as an entrepreneur with the various brands when it comes to making sure my clients feel taken care of all around. I mean, literally through the whole process, you guys have thought through everything so that person can almost just show up because you know what questions to ask ahead of time. You know what to plan and ultimately then to bring to the shoot. And I, I would just, I would feel, I would feel like royalty. I mean, taking care of in that way. So I think it's, I think it's really great that you do what you do. And I think it's an incredible example for all of our industry at large too, especially those that may be considering getting into the space, but really to every photography business owner, Upping the ante a little bit, I think, is a good challenge that you bring to all of us uh, as far as that experience that we're creating with the clients. But let me jump to, in fact, this is actually a great segue to my next question. What do you all feel like, and maybe Erica, you can take this, is the most important Mm -hmm. principle behind delivering a great customer experience for your clients? Yeah, it's summed up into one word, which is just touch points. Um, every, like all along the way of our process of onboarding a client all the way through delivering final photos, like we have, um, scheduled touch points that we are reaching out to our client, uh, thanking them, gifting them for joining, you know, E&J brands and, yeah. you know, sending them a little something along the way to just, um, fuel them, whether it's coffee or tea that it's going to help them before the session. And then just something that like has always meant the most to us when we've received it from someone is just a handwritten card or note just like ex- expressing their emotions to us and so yeah. us doing the same to our client because yeah. we mean it when we say it's an honor and we just want to like make sure our client feels loved and seen and yeah. just cared for because that's how we truly feel about them um, when we work with them in our business. I'm, I'm really glad that you say that too. The, the, the little caveat that you add that you really mean what you say, like you actually yeah. care about the client, you <laughs> want to work with them because it's easy, I think for all of us, whatever the scenario as entrepreneurs to kind of go into almost that robotic mode where we're, we're saying the words out loud that we care mm-hmm. or that we're passionate about this thing or we want to take care of you. But I, I'm not sure how much intention is behind those words at times. Like you can, you can hear it or see it from somebody and then look in their eyes and, and their eyes are kind of deadpan and there's not a lot of emotion behind it. You spoke to the emotion earlier of, of you know, getting that note, that handwritten note mm-hmm. speaking to the significance of the interaction. I, I love that. I love that. that. I think that we should all bring that kind of honest intention to the interaction mm-hmm. with our clients. I think that's so important. And Lorenda, Lorenda, I'm, I'm very much with you. She says, love it, learning lots. I, same. And again, I'm truly inspired. Like I need to, after we get off here, I need to go make some notes about some of the, the, the <laughs> updates that we need to make to our businesses and the way that we're running them. Because I really love this, this the, the, the fact that you're highlighting the significance of the cl- customer experience, um, specifically in regards to what you bring to that experience. I think it's really great. So, all right, we'll keep going. A couple more questions for you. Talk to me about time management. We actually, we touched on this topic a couple of years ago when you were on the show. Is there a big idea and any, I guess, significant change in the way that you're managing time in the last couple of years? Um, I think really it's maintained the same. We talked previously about how we divide and conquer, and that's never been more true than it is today. Mm-hmm. As yeah. our company's grown, as yeah. our client base has grown, we have to to really play to our own strengths. So Erica still, um, you know, manages our social media and um, our post processing from our sessions. And shout out to Photographers Edit yes. for um, always coming in clutch for us on that. Um, where I handle the client experience oftentimes and um, a lot of our back office work. We also brought on, I think if there is a change, we brought on a team member this year. Um, so we have an administrative assistant who helps us with a lot of uh, management of our different online communities and content creation. Mm-hmm. But um, if, if there's one thing, I know you said 20 seconds, but I, I do want to spend <laughs> just okay. a second here. If there's one thing 
that we've recently become very passionate about um, when it comes to time management in general. And I think a lot of business owners can relate to this. As as owners of our own business, we we never get to turn it off. It's twenty four seven. It's always on. Sure, we're business owners. We're parents. We're heavily involved in our church and other things. We're always going. You also have to be married too. Little side note. Yeah, and we're married. Yeah, we we have a we have a married relationship as well. (laughs) And we realized just this just a handful of weeks ago we had a conversation where we were like, you feel like coworker and co parent Mm -hmm. and co lifer, Mm. but we don't feel like we're investing any time in our marriage. Mm. And I hear so often about people, even if they're not business owners, that maybe their kids are what their marriage revolves around, and then all of a sudden the kids are grown up and out of the house, and then it's like, well, what do we have now? And how much more of a danger there is for us as a married couple, not only with kids, but then with our business baby, right? Mm -hmm. What what happens when that changes in the future? If it does, what is there there? So we've been really intentional since a couple of weeks ago about (laughs) setting aside one day a week where we shut everything off Nice, and and we have a day of rest because I really think it's just so important. We'll get... We already found in that week, a couple of weeks we've done that. Mm-hmm. We get more done during the week when we are working by taking a day off than we do when we grind and grind and grind yeah. and grind and go. Um, so super, super passionate about that. I, I love that. I mean, we were talking earlier about even the experience with the client where we take little breaks, then it, it helps us maintain a certain level of energy investment mm-hmm. in that session. That holds true with us as entrepreneurs as well. We have to, again, I, I think in some ways our culture has kind of gone over the top with the whole self-care idea. We're not talking about laziness here. We're talking about intentional breaks and rest and investment in the relationships in our lives. I mean, Photographer's Edit, and I, by the way, I appreciate the shout out. Photographer's Edit, at, while we offer custom editing, at the end of the day, it's really about relationships. We give you more time in your life so that you can invest in the relationships. Also, yes, so that you can do the things that will grow your business. But that's just super important to me because I've been in situations in my life where I saw work taking away from opportunity for me to connect with somebody that was important to me. And I I just, I don't want that to be the norm. Certainly with my relationship with my kids, my girlfriend, my friends, my family, Mm -hmm. I don't want business to to take precedence over these relationships on a a regular basis. I realize that we're going to invest extra hours here and there. But at the end of the day, what are we left with? It, it is relationships. That is so important. So I'm, I'm glad that you highlight that. I love that you guys have kind of the, the, the light bulb has come on yet again. I'm sure you've thought about it in the past, but this kind of renewed investment in the relationship. What does that look like, too, on that day off? Like, do you guys do something in particular? Well, we drop the kids off at school and we go on a date. Yeah, so. really? it's, a, it's a full on date day. <laughs> it, it oh, I is love date it. day. Whether that means, you know, breakfast, brunch, and a day at the, the salon or whatever. Like, it's just, it's a day to, yes, I, I like to get my nails done, John. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm He's in. got a lot of reels to start creating. I was hesitant. So. I went in, and now I am there. So let's go. Let's go. I love it. Yeah, it's just time together in front of each other where we're just, like, talking and, yeah. you know, just building relationship with each and, other. And we're so much more refreshed when our kids do come home from school that day yeah. to really be intentional about family time. You know, our mm-hmm. kids are, are nine and six. They they still love us. They still want time with us. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, to, to feel refreshed and rejuvenated, to be able to really pour in and be like, yeah. yeah, let's sit down and play with that toy. Let's let's go throw a ball together and not be thinking about everything else from the mm-hmm. day. It's really beneficial. Oh, yeah, it's good. I, I really, again, the reminders are wonderful today, including that one. And, and I, I do appreciate that. Last question for you guys uh, in the last last couple of years, any standout book that you've read or listened to that you'd recommend to our listeners? Oh, yeah. 
Okay, so I recently came across, uh, I, I'm the big reader. Yeah. Erica, I, I, I read and I talk to Erica about what I read. Okay. It's, like, it's like a read out yeah. loud session. <laughs> uh, there's a book series called Habitudes, a mixture of habit and attitude, right? Habitudes, mm-hmm. uh, written by Dr. Tim Elmore. They're books on leadership. They're small. They're daily thoughts. And what's really powerful about them is they teach leadership through images. And images help you know, principles stick in our brains. And so um, they're, they're short enough for me to have an attention span and feel like I have the time to read and digest. But they really help, um, you know, as business owners, I feel like we consistently need to improve as leaders. Mm-hmm. And what I really appreciate about his book series is it starts with identifying how you can improve as an individual as a leader um, and then, you know, working into how you can lead others uh, more beneficially. It has just really great leadership pra- uh, principles okay. that have been easy to yeah. uh and practical to implement into our own life mm. and again those images just pop into mind i, I get confronted with the situation i go oh yeah that that image that principle uh really easy to recall and and it's not just theory right it's a principle that you can just insert into your life and they've been great for us mm-hmm. i love that and i as you were talking for those of you watching uh, i of course i pulled up the amazon page with and we'll actually do that again here as, as i'm mentioning it uh, with the first book, Habitudes, book one, it's the art of self-leadership. And then there are others, as you mentioned. So what we'll do is we'll link to this in the show notes at bocapodcast.com for everybody listening in and, and also for those that are watching as well. So you can have easy access to that. I have to ask you one question, though, too. So, John, with your tendency toward reading more than Erica, have you guys ever experimented with reading to each other? John, specifically reading to Erica, like in the evening as a way to relax or on your date days? <laughs> we have not. However, you're not the first person to bring that up. So okay. maybe there's something to it. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe I, we'll I, try I it Friday. I, try, try it. But this is what I'm going to do, too. Um, I'm going to send you guys a book that my girlfriend and I, Joel, and I read when we were long distance, doing the long distance relationship mm-hmm. thing. We, this was a way that we used to connect. We would get on, on FaceTime or FaceTime audio or over the phone, and I would read to her. She would read to me. And there was one book that we read by Donald Miller called Scary Close. Have you ever heard of this book? I know Donald Miller. Yeah, I haven't I heard of that I've book. I have heard of this one. Well, and it's really interesting. Yeah, because I didn't put two and two together. I actually read Scary Close before I ever read Building a Story Brand or Marketing Made Simple, which are just you know, incredible, incredible business books. But he, he wrote this book on how to develop intimate relationships, romantic or otherwise, um, the mm-hmm. significance of intimate relationships, what it, what it takes to get to that place. And it's a beautiful book, easy read. So I'm going to make sure to get you guys a copy and you can experiment awesome. with this because it's actually kind of a cool thing, like getting to, to hear the other person read to you and then learning together is a neat experience. I'll, I'll make sure to get Absolutely. you guys a copy of it. You can give it a shot. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> of course. Well, and thank you for making so much time for all of us today. As I mean, you, you really gave so much practical information, so many takeaways for our listeners. I, truly, it, it, our focus here at the podcast is to, number one, add value and practical value. And you guys just nailed that. You, you knocked it out of the park, uh, to borrow the earlier baseball reference. But Thank you for doing that. And of course, we'll make sure I'm, I'm putting this up on screen here to link to your website, ericaandjohn.com. And then, of course, Erica and John on Instagram. Uh, also, also ericaandjohn.com slash Boca podcast for the information about the course, um, which you guys are, are kind enough to give our listeners 30% off of as well. So we'll put all of that information in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. But thank you guys once again for making time for all of us. Absolutely. Thank you so much much for having us. This has been a pleasure.